Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Good morning, everybody. Happy Easter to you. Happy Easter Global Church and, and all the friends of Global and people that are just looking in. We know that uh, many people have been watching the, the live cast, but also the podcast and uh, you're welcome and it's great that we've got a that people from all over the world can actually look in we have people from australia looking in we have people from switzerland looking in people from tanzania africa and kenya africa it's so good we have people in sweden looking in and uh, throughout britain and probably other nations i'm just chucking a few out there and and it's good because we're called global and we're planting churches our dream is to plant churches all over the world in major cities uh, and we're a church, there are many different types of churches and, and we're all slightly different but we all believe the same things. And today we all believe that Jesus is Lord and that Jesus is risen from the dead. If Jesus had not risen from the dead, then you know we have no hope because it's just a fairy tale. It's just like it'd be, it'd be reduced to sentimentality. You know, Christianity, when you take all the miraculous out of Christianity, you're left with a dead philosophy and that's what many people have tried to, to do with Christianity. I don't come from a church background and uh, I was just a little bit rough and ready when I was younger and into nightclubs and stuff, worked in the local factories but you know when Jesus became real to me it was powerful and it was supernatural and he changed my life forever at 19 and he's constantly changing me and transforming me. I know that you and I are in lockdown at this moment in time but I want to look at a man's life who was in lockdown and he went into lockdown discouraged, disillusioned, depressed because he'd lost everything. He put all his hope in Jesus Christ and he saw Jesus dead on a cross and he's just all his world had crumbled. He had disintegrated. It's like the twin towers of his heart had gone down and it's like, oh, my life, I don't know what to do. But you know, this man Thomas came out of lockdown with so much more than what he went in with. And that's what I want to pray for you. That's what Global Church will be praying for you this week, that you come out of lockdown with more than what you went in with. And uh, for some of you, you'll be coming coming out with uh, from lock-in. <laughs> You've got to know what I'm on. You've got to know what I'm on about with lock-in. <laughs> You've been on a perpetual lock-in. Uh, but you know... Our prayer for you too is that you come out of your locking. That's the term we used to call it when you went drinking after time in a, in a pub or a bar. Come out of lockdown or locking with more than what you went in with. You know, on Good Friday, I was talking about Jesus and the seven uh, places where Jesus shed his blood and he went to the cross. But I want to say it was not an accident. Let me read to you from Matthew chapter 16. And Jesus is getting his men ready, his disciples ready for, for what's about to happen. He says from in Matthew 16, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests and the teachers of the law. And that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. 
And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never alone. Sounds like a lot of Christians. <laughs> Jesus said, this is what, what's going to happen. No, no, no. That'll upset my life. <laughs> no, Lord, he says to him. This can never happen to you. And Jesus turned and said to him, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. When Jesus said to his then Jesus said to his, his disciples, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world and yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? The son of man, it's a term that Jesus used of himself, for the son of man is going to come in his father's glory with his angels and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. I tell you the truth, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the son of man coming in his glory. And he's getting his disciples ready for his second coming. But prior to that, he's got to go through being handed over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law where they will kill him. But three days later, Jesus, his promise is, I will rise again. It wasn't an accident, Jesus dying. Jesus chose where to die, how to die, and when to die. Jesus said, can a prophet die outside of Jerusalem? And just like I've read now, I must go to Jerusalem and be handed over to the chief priests. So he chose where to die. It wasn't an accident. He chose how to die. He said, the son of man must be lifted up. And if I am lifted up, he said, I will draw all men to myself. You know, Christianity isn't just for women and children, just for the men that are listening. Jesus led men. Jesus was a man's man. Someone once said that of all the armies that have ever marched, of all the navies that have ever sailed, of all the parliaments that have ever sat, put them all together, add them together, and collectively, they have not affected the life of mankind on this planet anywhere near this one solitary figure, Jesus Christ. And today, I want to encourage you to open up your heart, open up your understanding and your mind to the reality that Jesus is Lord and that he's calling you personally to follow him. He's not begging you. He's commanding because he's a king. And he commands like the disciples, follow me. And immediately they left the nets and followed him. Why? Because they saw something. They felt something in the strength of his words. And they felt something in the character of the man that made them place their hope and their trust in him. What about you? Will you be willing today to open up and put your trust in Jesus Christ? He chose where to die. He chose how to die. But he chose when to die. You know, the Roman guards, they were all, I said on Good Friday, they built like Tyson Fury and they knocked him all over the shore and they treated him so badly. They put a crown of thorns on his head and they used a stick to, to knock it on his head. Can I just summarize it by saying they knocked 10 bells out of him? Yes, that's the kind of language we understand. They threw whatever they could at him. They nailed him to the cross. They lifted him up on the cross and he's, he's hanging there suffering and suffocating. He still wasn't dead because you can't take his life from him because Jesus is Lord. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And at the end, just before Jesus gave up his spirit, 
He came out with a victory shout. He says, it is finished. What's finished? I'll tell you what's finished. The price has been paid for your sin and rebellion and my sin and rebellion against God. That phrase, it is finished. If I had to put it in the vernacular in the time of Jesus, it was paid in full. And that was what, what was written over bills. Oh, when you paid a bill, paid in full. It is finished. It's finished. It's gone. And you know something for the believer? We no longer have to live with guilt and shame. We don't even have to live under the power of sin. We can be free from sin. What can wash away my sin, the, the old hymn says? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Whole again. Restoration. You know, God just doesn't want to forgive you your sins and your past. He wants to restore all the, all the good you lost by bad choices, by sinning, by whatever it is. He wants to restore you and, in, into the likeness of his image. So oh, it's fantastic. We've been vandalised, you know, by the original vandal, Satan. And God wants to take us back. If you'll give your life to him and he'll restore and replenish all what life has knocked out of you. Ah, oh, this is good news. I absolutely love it. But Jesus said, it is finished. And he bowed his head, the Bible says, and gave up his spirit. He chose where to die, when to die, and how to die. You know, you can trust him because like the old song says, he's got the whole world in his hands. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing in this world that he can't overcome. And so let's have a look at this man, Thomas, that was a follower of Jesus. He'd done miracles in Jesus' name. He'd healed people in Jesus' name. He knew him and he hung around with him for about three, three and a half years. And so he was so devastated when he saw Jesus dead on the cross. Jesus had appeared, he made several appearances, he made 12 in all, and uh, he appeared to over 500 people during a six week period. John chapter 20 says this, verse 24, now Thomas called Didymus, one of the 12 was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. Can you imagine they're full of it? We've seen the Lord, we've seen Jesus. He's alive. And you can hear that how the, how the, the atmosphere drops. And he goes, it just waits for Thomas for a moment. And he goes, unless, you lot, you lot might believe in fairy stories, but unless, and he goes through it all, see the nail, see the nail prints and put my finger in, etc. One week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors, uh, though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. That's something we all need at this time of lockdown. In turmoil, peace be with you. Jesus wants to speak peace into your life. How do I know? Because we've got an identical situation. The disciples are in lockdown. They have to meet in secret because people are after killing them. And so now they're in lockdown. They can't move around like they used to. And they're in lockdown. And Thomas is in there and he is beside himself. His life is in turmoil. A bit like yours, a bit like mine. Our minds are trying to get our heads around the fact that nobody's on the streets and 
you know, you can't just move around like we used to do. And he's lost all hope. Some of you, you know, you've lost your jobs, you've lost your businesses. But I'm praying for you that you come out of this lockdown with more than what you went in with. Because this man Thomas did. Well, you keep, keep going with me. So it is then Jesus comes and he says, peace be with you. And it was a phrase that Jesus used often with his disciples when they were in turmoil. And we don't know what's around the corner, but he knows. I was saying earlier, he's got the whole world in his hand. There's no situation that takes him by surprise. Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. You can see it. Jesus just presents the evidence to Thomas. And Thomas is like, oh gosh, who have I hung out with? And for the first time he realised he's looking. When he looks into the eyes of Jesus, he's not just looking at the Son of Man. And he's not just looking into the eyes of the Son of God. He's looking into the eyes of God the Son. And he's the first man ever to use that phrase of Jesus, my Lord and my God. You know, that's blasphemy. Any Jewish person will tell you that that's blasphemy, unless it's true. And Jesus is God and he came clothed in, in flesh, a bit like the undercover boss. You know, the, the program, the undercover boss, and somebody comes and they have a wig put on and a moustache and stuff like that. And then they, they come to the, the company to see if it's, it's performing well and where it's not performing well. And any franchises, they go and have a look at them and pretend they're coming for a job and doing a documentary. And then eventually, uh, all, all, they pick people to come and, uh, and meet with him. But this time, when he comes out or when the, the CEO of the company, male or female, come out, they are dressed in their suit, they're power dressed. And the CEO of the company, and then they, they give out rewards, or sometimes people get fired. And uh, that's really like a picture of Judgment Day. When we see Jesus, the Bible says his eyes will be like the blazing sun. You know, he's, he is a man forever, but he is God Almighty. And we will see him radiant and in his glory. Um, and even people that knew him in the day, uh, 2,000 years ago, they will look and think, how did we speak to him? How did we react to him? We shunned him. We turned our backs on him. Others will say, we believed. And you know, we'd get a warm welcome. But I'm just saying, Jesus was like the undercover boss. And Thomas looked at him and he saw beyond. He saw beyond the physical. You know, at Christmas we sing a hymn, Hark the Herald Angels Sing Glory to a Newborn King. And, and it says that, veiled in flesh. In other words, God veiled himself with human likeness. So he said, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. Deity meaning God. Come, incarnate come as a man. Hail the incarnate deity. Pleased as man with man to dwell. Jesus, our Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us. Hark the herald angels sing. It's there in our culture in Britain. And uh, the Trinity is there, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And you know, Jesus has come to reveal what God is like. He's the CEO of the universe. Will you welcome into, into your life this Easter? Will you give him a thought 
this Easter, while you're in lockdown and saying, I've nothing else to do. Is there a God? What is life all about? This situation is causing us to ask existential questions. Our first order questions, why am I alive? What is my purpose? Is there a God? Do we just come from slime or monkeys or whatever the evolutionary theory you believe? You know, there's different ones. But you know what? Jesus coming shows us that there is a God. Jesus' teaching shows us that there's a correct way to live. Jesus' death on the cross shows us that God can now forgive us our sins without compromise. Because the wages of sin is death and God must punish us. But Jesus took our punishment, a ransom for many, a ransom instead of many. So he dies in our place. God can now forgive us our sins because he's punished Jesus for all of our sins. The resurrection of Jesus tells us that there is life after death and power over sin. And the, the sending of the Holy Spirit demonstrates that one day, someday, the God that we sense in our life, we will see face to face. This is so brilliant. I want you to believe. I've given my life to helping people believe. I believe, I believe when I've gone up, gone down, gone round and round. You know, life isn't straightforward, but one thing is sure. Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Sometimes I can't understand what's going on in my life, but as I trust him and don't waver, I keep coming through. When the storms of life come, stay in the boat with Jesus. When the storms of life come, people tend to leave church and that, no, 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 stay in the boat. When the storms of life come, people hop from one church to another. No, 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 no. Stay in the boat. Don't go to another church, you'll spoil it. Anyway, moving on. My Lord and my God. And Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you believe. But blessed are those who have not seen me and yet have believed. John in his gospel goes on to say, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the King, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. We're going to encourage you today to believe. I want to have a look at Thomas's life. I want you to leave the lockdown with more than what you went in with. Another title for me talk could be Belong Before You Believe, because Thomas was with the twelve. He was one of the twelve. But you know what? He didn't experience what they experienced. He was starting in this new time in the life of the early church. He was starting from a different place than the other disciples. They saw Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, but he didn't. And so, but he, he, had, he had seen him alive. You know, I've never seen him alive. We all start at different places. You've never seen Jesus. But Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen yet still believe. So we're still counted in, um, but we've come from different places yet. So number one, Thomas's journey starts from a unique place and everyone starts the journey from a unique place. We're all different. We've all come from different backgrounds. My wife uh, was brought up in Sunday school. I wasn't. Some people became Christians at a, a, a youth camp, you know, where they hear a, a youth leader preaching and stuff. They're usually very good, these guys and gals. But, you know, that never happened to me. And so we're all different. I wasn't brought up in church and so when I heard the gospel from a gangster from America called Nicky Cruz who killed people, who was threatening to kill the, the preacher on the streets that were trying to reach him and help him and his friends, 
eventually he surrendered his life to Christ. He was a heroin addict and uh, all this at 17 years old, that's what he was. And I heard him and I heard him speak the gospel and me being a sort of man's man when I was 19, <laughs> you know, you're like, I, want, I don't want something flimsy. I want a strong message and he gave a strong message. And, he, and that night I gave my life to Jesus Christ and my life has never been the same. I want to encourage you to be the same today. Yeah. But we start from different places. You know, if I wanted to go to London from York where I live, then that's one map to get there. But if I lived in Lancashire and I wanted to get to London, it'd be a different map. If I lived in Scotland, it'd be a slightly different map. Birmingham, a different map. If I were in another part of the world, it'd sort of be a different journey. And so we all start from different places. But today, you can start your journey. That's the point. Are you open for God to speak into your heart? You know, and he will during this lockdown. God will appear to you like he appeared to Thomas. He will. You hang around in the right place long enough and he will meet you where you are, as you are. So we all start. Thomas starts, started his journey from a unique place and so do we. Number two, the disciples accept Thomas as he is. So a week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. The believers welcomed Thomas and accepted him just as he was, even though he didn't share their same beliefs. And that's good because, you know, we're human beings before we're anything else and we need that human touch. And in global, we say you can belong before you believe. And we want people to be able to find faith at their pace, even when they have found faith to be helped and encouraged and taught and strengthened, it's called discipleship, to be discipled at their pace, not just at a program pace or my fast pace or whatever, but not their pace. Why does Thomas stay and hang around when he doesn't share the disciples' belief and experience? It's because they are warm and friendly and not judgmental and superior. I remember when we first went to church, I helped a gang of punk rockers become Christians and we were in a disused garage one time and I came and preached to them and they gave their life to Christ and I prayed with them. And not all of them, but some of them the gang leader did and then eventually we got asked to go to different churches. I'm going back 30 odd years. When we went in these churches, I can remember going in this traditional church and there's about 20 of us walking in and they've all got their bondage pants on and the leather jackets and the studs and the spiky hair and they all had a cigarette before they came in so we stunk like hell. Anyway, they walked in and, and this old woman, they're all tuts and tuts and titters and all that. This old woman looked at one of my mates, tall lad, and uh, frowned your arms. She went, take your hat off. Don't you know, this is God's house. And so he did, took his bob hat off and he had bright orange hair and I knew what she wanted to say. <laughs> Put it back on again. <laughs> Beautiful. God's got such a good sense of humour. But you imagine going to a church like that's terrible. Most churches like that have died off now. There's a lot of new breed churches. When people say the church is in decline, don't believe it. It's growing so fast. You know, if a mega church is a church that's over 2,000. About 10 years ago, we never had a mega church in, in any of the major cities, especially London. London's full of mega churches. And it's amazing that the, the figures, Hillsongs itself, I think there's about 15,000 go to that church. You go to a service, they're queuing up, ready to come back in again. Uh, not back in again, sorry, a new set of people coming back in again. And uh, Nicky Gumble, you know, he made the, the, uh, the Alpha Course famous and stuff. You know, Nicky Gumble's church, Church of England, who would have thought? 
you know, and he's opening all the closed Church of England buildings. He's opening back up, opening them back up, renovating them, putting young leaders in, married couples in there, and they are there's thousands in their church. This is a, a you know KICC, a black church again, fifteen thousand or whatever. It's, it's amazing. The churches are thriving. So Thomas was accepted as he was. It wasn't a cold church. It was a warm church where they loved him and they accepted him as he was. And, you know, if you're a believer today, I want you to check up just how you are with new people coming in. Because it's important that we treat people well. It is important. There's, there can't be an us and them. We are, we are united in our humanity and our journey to find faith in God. And none of us have got it all. In fact, I want to say this, none of us have got it all together. But together, we have got it all. And, you know, we need each other. And so let's learn from this. The disciples were warm and friendly, not judgmental and cold and superior. You can belong in church before you believe in Jesus. That's fine. If what the disciples are saying to Thomas is true, it's not just important. It's of the highest importance. And we must find it out. Because if Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, his claims are true. And he is the promised one, the son of God, the savior of the world, the hope of the nations. And we must put our trust in him to find eternal life. So then you and me, like Thomas, are left with one of two choices. Either to reject him or to bow the knee and accept him as the Lord and King saviour of our lives. Number three, Thomas allows his past experiences to make him stubborn and unteachable. What about you? What kind of person are you? What's this lockdown doing to you? Because all the stuff comes bubbling to the surface, isn't it? He allowed his, his past experiences to make him stubborn and unteachable. And there's no way you'll receive from God when you're like that. And you've made your stance and you've hardened yourself. You know, we need to be like Joshua in the Old Testament. Joshua chapter 24, he said, in front of the whole nation, he said, you need to, you need to put your trust in the invisible God, Yahweh. And because some have gone searching for other gods and got into all sorts of other religions and stuff. And he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He made a choice. Jesus said there's a choice uh, of two ways. He says, two roads. He says, there's the broad road that leads to destruction. And many are there that walk on it. But with inside that road, there is a, a narrow road that goes in the opposite direction. And Jesus said, it's the road that leads to eternal life. And few are there that walk on it. Which road are you on? Every human being is born on that road to destruction. Every one of us. That's why Jesus came to die on the cross. Because there was a barrier that was stopping us from getting onto this new road. And it was our sin. Isaiah chapter 59 verse 2. God spoke to a rebellious nation, Israel, his own people. And he said, see, your sins have separated you from your God. When Jesus died on the cross. He removed the offence. He removed the barrier. And now the two became one. We've been reconciled to God. It's like being estranged through a divorce, but then you're reconciled. Another term that we've used is justified. We're we're just as if we'd never sinned. Why? Because God has forgiven our sins and cleaned us from all unrighteousness. 
Thomas allows his past experience to make him stubborn and unteachable. And I want to say, don't stay in the past. Come on, step out in faith and come taste and see that the Lord is good. Number four, Thomas positioned himself for faith to find him. Many people say, well, I pray to God and nothing's happened. People might not. I have people that say to me, I never go to church. I can pray at all. And I, I never read the Bible. I don't even believe the Bible. But I'm as good a Christian as anybody. I'm thinking, some people are cooking clocks, aren't they? They won't get it. And it's like an expression of being a Christian. Even the Bible says, don't stop meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. The Bible calls itself the Word of God. Even Jesus treated it like the Word of God. Jesus himself treated it like, I don't know whether I believe it. You think, honestly, some people, they listen to lies in their own head. Maybe that's you today. I'm not calling you a cuckoo clock, but I'm just saying. You know, we've, we've, we've got to read the Bible and let it tell us what it is and, and, and what God requires of us. And Thomas positioned himself to receive faith. He left lockdown with more than what he went in with. Why? Because he found eternal life in Jesus. That's what he found. He found that the resurrection was part of God's plan. And he put his, his trust not just in Jesus, the historical Jesus that he met before the, the crucifixion, but this new historical Jesus with a new body. And he put the resurrected Christ who will live forever and will see that same Christ return and, and, at the second coming. And we'll be changed and we'll become like him. And we will live forever. Jesus said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And I wonder if that's a command from heaven to some of you today. Stop doubting. Well, I don't know. That, no, believe. You can believe. Doubt isn't unbelief. Doubt is you just doubt. No, doubt's not wrong. But Thomas was in a refusal to believe. Doubt says I want to believe, but I can't. But unbelief or disbelief is I can believe but I won't and we've got to come out of that today God calls you out of unbelief and disbelief and he says put your faith in my son Jesus and last of all Thomas received his own faith my Lord and my God he had his own personal conviction more than knowledge and more than emotions it's a revelation of who Jesus really is and he called him my Lord and my God We've not seen Jesus, but today I call him my Lord and my God, and you too can do that. Let's pray that God reveals himself, but you've got to position yourself. So keep listening in with Global. Get a Bible. You can get a free one online. It's called Version. Just sign up to Version. Start reading the Gospel of John. Uh, any of the Gospels. Well, I like the Gospel of John. You know, you start to find out who Jesus is. And say to him, God, if you're there, come into my life and change me. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 